stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Thailand gets a F2 winner, George Russell breaks his duck, and John Eric Vern becomes a hometown winner. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 137 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighbour host, Mr. Andre Harrison. Thanks for coming in, or in this case, coming back, because um, this is the second part of our doubleheader taping. And in this segment, we will be talking all about Formula 2 in Baku with another pair of crazy races. And we'll be talking about the Formula E Paris E-Pre as well and the future talk regarding the series itself. Mario Kart was mentioned. May the good Lord help us all. Um, in the corner, as always, as well, is Mr. Ryan King. Hello again, sir. Hey, I'm ready <laughs> for this wild, wild weekend in Baku. He's not dead yet, thank God for that. And also, RJ O'Connell is with us again. Hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Um, yes, it's been a, it's been quite a week. By the time you listen to this, I will either be a, I will either be a, one or two, three things will be happening. I will either be celebrating the fact that my beloved Nashville Predators have made it to the sec, the Western Conference Finals for the second consecutive year in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, or I will be very sad that they've been beaten by a Winnipeg Jets team that also finished with the second best record and they're getting met and the first and second best teams in the entire league are getting matched up in the second round of the playoffs or i will be very stressed as the game goes the as the series goes the distance the full seven games um lots of brown liquor will be consumed j-e-t-s jets 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 suck (laughs) sorry had to do it had to do it Yes, any 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 child at the NFL draft in a Jets jersey, I officially deem that as child abuse. Um, no. <laughs> it's like I I still remember roasting a, a good friend of mine, Kingsley, who's a Jets fan from the UK himself during the draft um, on this this past um, this past week, and I distinctively say, "Oh, the hype about which quarterback, which quarterback we're going to take." I've just said to him. You're a Jets fan. You only draft L's. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> hey, you guys got Sam Donald, and that's that, like, I think that's going to be pretty good for you guys, actually. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I've I've bad feelings about any time anyone drafts a quarterback. <laughs> I'm just to be glad fair. that the I'm just glad that the Buffalo Bills, after the saga of the very problematic uh, offensive lineman Richie Incognito, who stepped away from the game, uh, drafted somebody with a with a much less uh, checkered hist. Hold on, Josh Allen did what now in high school? Oh, <laughs> no. I mean, uh, just just like random tangent. Nothing is gonna make me feel comfortable about Indomitian Sue and and Aaron Donald being on the same team. <laughs> Oh, 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 God! Oh, no! Oh, that's just, that's gonna be that's gonna be all all kinds of disgusting. That's not like also what's what's kind of crazy as well is that in the UK now, like we're getting four UK games again next season. Eagles Jacks is already sold out. Yeah, 
A Jags game is sold out. Um, Shad Khan might buy Wembley. <laughs> yeah, I just... Oof. AFC Championship semifinalists, and of course, London team. Yeah. Decent matchup. Only three games, by the way. My apologies. Thanks for correcting me on that one, Henry. Um, yeah, so, God, that's going to be fun as well. Right. General housekeeping. Um, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. There's a Dre Brief episode out right now talking about the Red Bull clashing in Baku. I'm also furiously crafting a second episode, which might even be out by the time this second part goes out. I'm working on it, King. I'm working on it. Hashtag vote for Valtteri. It's 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 in the works. I promise. Okay, like it's a, it's going to be me humbling myself to apologise. It's uh, something I never do on this show. It's really annoying. Um. Anyway, we're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport One Hundred One. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore One Hundred One. And if you want to follow our personal handles, you can at Harrison One Hundred One HD at Ryan Eric King and at RJ O'Connell. And for five bucks, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Five dollars gets you early access to both this show and to Bike Live. As mentioned, two shows went up this past week all about either MotoGP in the Circuit of the Americas with Patrick, or you could listen to Krimanaka talking all about the World Superbike Weekend at Assen. Um... With obviously um, the Kawasaki splitting wins, the crazy super sport race, and the even crazy super sport 300 finish. So, all of the Assen action in there as well. Um, so, check that out if you haven't already. 10 bucks gets you access to our Discord server as well. So, you can listen to these shows live as they go out. And trust me, a lot of fun stuff gets left in the cutting room for it. It's a great time, if I do say so myself. Gentlemen, should we go back to Baku? Because given they've welcomed us back. Yes, welcome back and back to Baku. Indeed. Let's do it. Indeed, let's get back into Baku and let's talk about Formula 2 in Baku. Maybe after a couple more glasses of wine. (laughs) Oh dear, because yes, they took over, and it was definitely NXT TakeOver Baku. Because man, that Formula 2 race, guys! Which one? Exactly! Winner from pole position, but that doesn't even describe one-tenth of the things that happened, or the sprint race where the guy who started 13th made up eight places in one lap alone and came back to win in the final few laps. Yes, is the answer to that question. Um, yes, um, this this was this was a crazy set of races. We'll get into the feature race on the Saturday first, and uh, yeah, as mentioned, we have our first ever Thailand Formula Two race winner. <sighs> Yay! He's London-born, but he carries the flag of Thailand. He's Alexander Albon, and he just won the feature race at Baku. For his very first Formula 2 victory. Fantastic drive, I have to say as well. Was at the front pretty much all the way through. Um, looked in pretty solid control. Nice pass in the second half to take the victory as well. Just 
dodging all the chaos around him, especially directly behind him, because there was a lot of that going on as well, which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, everybody be Stalin. Everybody be Stalin. <laughs> I like that this is now like such a, a massively spoken problem now that like they're actually now trying to find works around. So I think there's now they've said there's been 13 stalls since like 14 stalled cars since the season started four races ago. Ooh, good grief. Yeah, like Autosport put out an article a couple of days ago, actually yesterday on the April 30th saying F2 will test fixes for its start line dramas this week, trying to solve a scenario labelled wholly unsatisfactory by F1 race director Charlie Whiting. And our friend of the show, Josh Sutil, had a quote from George Russell saying, George says it best, this is the highest level below F1 and to have 14 cars stall in four races is just unheard of and unacceptable really for a championship of this standard. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. I like this is this is happening every round now. It is it is a pain. Um like it's every race you get you're gonna get at least two or three cars now that will not move off the start line, whether it be in the race itself or as we saw in Bahrain during the formation lap, like we got with with um Artem Markolov. Um it's not good, you guys. Like do these cars just have a launch problem in general? I just don't get what's what's causing this. Yeah, they they like genuinely have a launch problem because they're not as technically advanced as the Formula One cars, so you can't preload the clutch. Ah. And the fact that you also have to deal with that these are non-hybrid turbo cars, so you have a shit ton of lag to deal with. Just it's the perfect storm to have a vehicle stall on the grid. There's a reason why IndyCar doesn't do standing starts after experimenting with that for one year. Ooh, yeah, that that wasn't pretty. Um, <laughs> Shout outs to Sebastian Saavedra and Mikhail Lotion. Oof. <laughs> yeah, problematic to say the least. Um, yeah, like these cars have a big launch problem now. And again, we, we, we're averaging almost four cars a race at this point. It's not good. And, uh, and the F2 field isn't particularly massive to begin with. And you know, if 20% of your grid is stalling on the start line, not helpful. Um, oof. Even your odds-on pick to win the title, Lando Norris, oh stalled it on God. the front row. Jack Aitken stalled it. Tadasuke Makino stalled it. Uh-huh. Um, yep, that's uh, that's three of them right there. And when the race actually got going, there were still no guarantees because Louis Delatraz's race only lasted a couple of corners. What is Delatraz going? He's uh, he's going home early. Put it in the wall, didn't he? Yes, and uh. You remember when uh, Kimi Raikkonen had a uh, had a massive cone brown <laughs> moment uh, going into the uh, the final corner leading up to the main straightaway? Uh-huh. Well, uh, Luca Giotto decided um, that he was going to let Kimi Raikkonen hold his beer. Oh God! Because he bent it at the same corner. Yeah, he put it he put it solidly in the wall. Yeah, that that that, that, that wasn't a, a kiss. safety car. Yeah, that was not a kiss. That brings out a safety car. Um, which restarts on lap five. Alexander Albon still holds the lead um, for now, for this point. Uh, Russell pits at the end of lap six. Albon stays out um, one lap later, which cost him, putting him behind Russell, Nick DeVries, and Roy Nissany, who are all effectively running one, two, and three. 
Roy Nissany's race, by the way, ends when he does his best Nico Hulkenberg impersonation from the day later and crashes it at the same turn four. Ugh. So both Campos cars have now crashed out by this point, and we're only we're only five about seven laps 17 in. laps into this. Yeah, yeah, seventeen laps in. Nissany crashed a little bit later. Uh, in between, Matt Gunther had also retired with wing damage, and a very, very <laughs> audibly distressed Arjun Mayani retired after seven laps after car problems. Yo, we did. Yeah, we heard all about that in the pits. He was panicking in there. He was so frustrated because he wasn't he running like fourth when the car started hiccuping. Yeah, yeah. He was having a good day. He was having a really good day. Like, oh, just and then you you can hear like it, it is audible. Like he's just. It's despair on, on on the radio when he's coming in, just panicking, going, "This can't be happening, no!" And it's just, oh, it was brutal. Poor guy. Um, again, was running in, was running in fourth when he has to come through the pits. They tried to, they tried to get it going again, but he just conks out at the end of the pit lane, and that was his day done, basically. Um, sad times, sad times indeed. Right. Uh, after all of this chaos ensues, um, Nissany's crash brings out a second uh, safety car uh, with Russell ahead of DeVries. Um, so it looks like George Russell, who started this race, by the way, um, in third, was able to clear out with Xander Albon a strategy. It looked like his race was go- this race was going to be his. Uh, cue the restart on lap number 21. Yes, and like Russell looks like he's going to hold on to the lead through turn one, but all of a sudden a flying red and silver car comes towards the apex of turn one. It's Nick DeFreeze attempting an audacious dive bomb attempt into turn one. It is unsuccessful and Russell can only um, try and take evasive action. He very nearly hits the inside wall on the edge of turn one, has to spin it back around the other way. And that effectively ends Russell's time at the front. Um, Nick DeFries was out of the race after he, I think he hit the wall afterwards. Um, oh, like Russell was pissed on the radio and it's hard to blame him really. Um, <laughs> you all heard it. It was like, I think he described it as a hero move from Nick DeFries. Yeah, he was trying to be a hero at the first corner. I think he was um, being very nice about that, quite frankly. Right. Um, that obviously, you know, cost George Russell a, a surefire win that he needed to get back up at Lando Norris, who, keep in mind, by this point, had clawed his way back from start having to start in the pit lane. Indeed. I think, I think he was up to about seventh by that point, wasn't he? Oh, goodness. Yeah, he was now well up in the top uh, top eight in points, which put him on a uh, good position to get a reverse grid pole for the sprint. Yeah, Markov's engine blew up as well in the late in the later going as well. So that, but oh god, King, it yeah, blew. it was a <laughs> yeah, that was that was sack of potatoes. Oh up. yeah, that. Oh my god, it was a smoke show. Someone wanted to celebrate April 20th just a few weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) You smoke weed every day. (laughs) We get it, Artem. Your car vapes. In fact, it had had covered most of like that uh, second sector through like the high-speed corners, which I'm thinking, ooh, that's a pretty... That's a pretty dangerous place for a smoke screen, isn't it? Very. Very. Um... What is it with these Russian time engines and blowing up? Jeez, that's, I mean, that's the second time it's happened to Markov now. Like, jeez. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Like, 
Like they're like Markov's by far one of the fastest guys out there, but his car is just not letting him be spectacular. Sorry. Out of all that, we still don't get another safety car. Um, Alexander Albon is uh, closing in on the new race leader, Antonio Foco, who quietly is having a pretty good race so far. Um, after after starting from uh, 12th, he finds himself up in the lead until Alexander Albon, with five laps to go, uh, makes a very timely move um, on the uh, with five laps to go. Uh, building enough of a lead to deny uh, Fuoco the use of DRS in the next lap and putting it away for his very first Formula 2 victory. It's the first time a Thai licensed driver has ever won at this level. Um, also, Alexander Ray- Albon is on a handshake deal and does not have guaranteed funding for a full season. Yikes. And I'm thinking, how does this happen? Alexander Albon is pretty good. Yeah. Mm. Like how how have he, like how has he not gone full Tony Elias at Estorello Six and have the commentator say why don't you back the wagon up and just have Thailand pour pour a ton of money into this kid he's talented clearly. Well, one commentator backed him because quote I first met him when he was eight at a charity karting event. And, and, and which which commentator was this? I wonder. It, it's the new person on commentary this weekend. I have feelings about, uh, I, I have some feelings about, um, our new buddy Johnny Herbert. Um, <sighs> Alex Jakes and Johnny Herbert, have, uh, excuse me, Davide Balsecki have been mainstays because Davide Balsecki's, uh, enthusiasm is so, so infectious. And then, because of their ties to, uh, what's it sky sports um they have added a uh they have added a johnny herbert a driver with experience of one of formula two's forerunners um people got the impression that um johnny herbert was just there to play cheerleader for lando and george the only drivers on first name basis uh i got the feeling that he was just there to tell all these kids exactly what they were doing wrong and to scald them for Mm. it which I guess. Yeah, and it, it kind of, at every single opportunity he had the chance, he kind of, you know, shoved the point in your face that you're racing in front of the Formula One paddock, that this is the feeder series to Formula One. And I, if you're watching Formula Two, you kind of understand that, you know, being two to one, we don't need it in our face at every corner. Right. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, like like Herbert is a big mood. I don't mean that in a good way. Um, I'm not a fan of him on the comment. Like, I didn't mind him during Bahrain, where you know he was the third wheel for um, Jake's and, and Davide. Um, he was he was more just harmless at that point, really. Um, but. Him as an actual color commentator, I'm not a fan. Like the fact as well, as RJ mentioned, the fact he he refers all to the Brits on a first name basis is awkward to say the least. Compared to really good at surnames for everybody else, it's like you're not even trying to be subtle about this, are you? Like it's it's not great. I thought he was sloppy. I feel like again he, he likes to hammer these points home about it being a feeder series. Like listen. We know it's a feeder series, and like, like, like F2 is not going to be raining in casual viewers or channel flippers. Like, 
the people that are watching this know it's a know it's defeated series to F1. We don't need to have that rammed down our throats. And if anything, it makes your talent look slightly worse when you keep repeating that point left and right. Um, so for me, I'm just bring back Davide, please. Just 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 have Davide there for everyone. We don't need Johnny Herbert here. We just don't. We mi- we missed you, Davide, during the sprint race. We really we really missed you. Um, can I just point out some recent highlights of, uh, of Alexander Albon's CV? Um, he had five podiums in his one and only season in Formula 3, finished seventh in the championship, um, actually did, uh, did higher in the, uh, was a rookie that year, finished ahead of the likes of Massimilian Gunther and Sanzito Ferrucci and Callum Islet and Sergio Sete Camera, who were all rookies that year. Um, in 2016, he stepped up to GP3 series, where he was second only to his much more vaunted rookie teammate, Charles Leclerc. Um, he did Formula 2 last season with ART, missed the Baku round because of a broken hand. So this is actually the first time he's driven this track in anger, and he won the feature race from pole position. And after the injury, um, in 2017, he had a sprint race podium in Austria and a sprint race podium at Yas Marina. Again, he's on. He was not uh, expected to finish out the full season because of funding issues, which I believe is really a shame mm-hmm. uh, because he's definitely a capable driver from a country that could definitely use the windfall of a trailblazing Formula One driver from the country. He is still only 22 years old. He is very, very undervalued compared mm-hmm. to his peers. Yeah, completely agree. I just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit baffling to me that they've not got behind him because, you know, especially when the pool is often quite shallow when it comes to motorsport prospects, like we saw with Venezuela, for example, with Pastel, um, before their economy fell apart. Um, they they can get behind certain dudes, and I don't see any reason why they couldn't in Albon's case, but maybe it's more maybe it's because it's due to the fact it's more of a bike country still. Um, that might be part of the problem. Can we also talk about the fact that um, Jack Aitken was one of the stallers and he came back from almost plumb last finish second. Incredible drive from Jack. Jesus. Um, that was very impressive from, from Jack Aitken. Jesus. Made a couple of critical moves towards the end as well. Um, that was sensational from, from, from young Jack. Um, brilliant stuff. Brilliant, brilliant drive indeed. Um Krimanaka, but on four wheels instead. <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was quite fun. Um, also, Nick the Freeze is cancelled. Um, that, 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 that's <laughs> that's my decision. He's, you'll, you'll never appear in tuned again. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, George Russell, you know, ends up in a situation where he's has to make has to lock up a wheel to make a corner. Sees Nick the Freeze doing a drive bomb. Has to let off the brakes. They both run wide, and it's both their races over. And out of all this, Lando Norris salvages a sixth-place finish after being one of the stallers. Yeah, Lando's pretty good at this whole driving thing, isn't he? <laughs> just, just, just a hunch. Yes. It, it'd play out. What, it'd play out slightly differently in the sprint race, though. Yeah. Um, of course, what a shame it was that Britain just has no, uh, no luck whatsoever mm-hmm. on this feature race. Despite the fact that your top two drivers were both bone in London, just no luck whatsoever. Can't ima- can't imagine why that would go uh, ignored. Can't imagine why. Can we also talk about the fact that Roberto Mary won reverse grid pole by <laughs> of his course. place finish? Can we also talk about the fact that Roberto Mary yes. is still here. <laughs> he is still a thing. 
He is still in the league, and he still has feathered and yep. beautiful hair. Like the rent, he pay, he always pays the rent on time every month. May he is still here, and he has every right to be here. <laughs> yes, that I did see that, and I was like, oh god, may he's at the front. This should be fun. Um, it, it was fun, but not for the reasons you'd expect. Tell us why, RJ. Ooh. <laughs> Um, because MP Motorsport quickly converted their uh, front row lockout into mm, two very slow starts. Yeah, not not stalls, but close. Bog, bogging down to say the least. And right, and it puts uh, it puts uh, Lando Norris, Nicholas Latifi, and Sergio Sete Camera do Brazil right behind the right in prime position to take the uh, the lead of the race. George Russell has to. Uh, has to start deep in the field, but by the end of lap one, he's already up into fifth place. George Russell is a man on a mission. He is not going to be denied this victory. Indeed. Man, it's like, I, I don't know how you'd feel to be pretty much put in a situation where not only you, you lose the chance of a race victory, but you have to start a race in 12th position. Shout out to Antonio Fuoco as well. He didn't even get to take the start. He broke down on the dummy grid. Yeah. Ugh. That was... <laughs> and a double DNF for Markolov, his race only lasting one single completed lap. I didn't see that. What happened with Markolov in the sprint race? Apparently he had electronics failure. What is wrong with that Russian time car? Jesus! <sighs> yep, Russian time is cancelled too. Get a better car. <laughs> You are robbing our man Markolov of more fun only, things. Only why why do Russian time like fun things? Yes, only one half of Russian time is still continuing on for next season. The rest of it is canceled. Um, so we have a uh, we have a uh, Sergio Sete camera in the lead for most of this race, but George Russell is putting on a charge. Um, Norris tries to make a pass on Latifi for position. Um, Russell gets through there. He then gets by Latifi, and he then starts chasing down setting camera, who had a four-second lead. Camera starts making mistakes up at the front, and then Russell closes the gap with five laps to go. Um, they do a little bit of argy-bargy, a little bit of trading the lead back and forth. Um, Russell uh, just hung back, stayed close to uh, the camera uh, to get the DRS, um, Russell blows past him with uh, with four laps to go and just checks on out. He does. The pace was there for Russell all along. It was a fairly comfortable win for him in the end. It's like I'm surprised City Camera didn't do what he did to Fujishima in this in this future and just run him up right up against the wall because Camera oh is a because I... Camera is a madman. Like holy shit, <laughs> like. Yeah, like, you could see, like, he has his website and his Twitter handle on his Halo because he knows that shit's gonna be on the highlight reel. <laughs> yep, that is a man that knows exactly what he's doing. And if you were sad about the fact that there is no Brazilians on the grid in Formula 1 right now, um, you maybe have reason to be happy very, very soon because Sergio Sete Camera, um... The further he steps up the ladder and the more powerful the cars get underneath him, it seems like the better he gets. It does seem to be, guys. Mm. Very Leclerc-esque, as, as you mentioned in the, in the past, don't you, RJ? Yes, um, also very similar to Carlos Sainz as well. Just uh, please don't 
don't try to be her with a final quarter at Macau next time. Um, so out of all of that, George Russell wins ahead of Sergio Sete Camera and Nick DeVries, awkwardly there on the podium. Russell and DeVries together again. But where's Sergio Sete Camera? He's missing from the podium. King, what's happened to Sergio? Ooh, his car. His car just shut off. <laughs> he did. <sighs> yeah, it shut off in the pretty much that last corner before the run down to the finish line. And man, oh man, he hustled to get to the podium. <laughs> he was full on sprinting there. After he's already winded from such a uh, long and grueling race, he's just like, ah, 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 please don't leave me behind. No. Please, I, I need to be there. Uh, he, he did get to celebrate on the podium, but it didn't get to last long. Following the sprint race at Baku, it was found that Sergio Sete's camera's car had stopped on track as a result of having insufficient fuel to return to the pits. Um, as a consequence, Sergio Sete camera was disqualified from the sprint race, promoting Nick DeVries to second and Nicholas Latifi onto the third and final podium spot ahead of Lando Norris, Arjumayani, Santino Ferrucci, and Roberto Marion, Ralph Bushung, completing the top eight in the sprint. Oh, jeez. Like, hard not to feel bad for camera on that one. All that running, and he gets a technical DNF. What a what a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that wasn't pretty. But uh, God, two balmy races in Formula Two yet again. What is it with this track, King? And it just it's producing bonkers racing. Again, two point two kilometers straight into a ninety degree corner. Like it's gonna create some exciting racing. Clearly, Tilk was onto something. Like, he, even though this was a street circuit, it's like Tilk's got the right in long straights, really tight corners at the end of it. It's like that works. <laughs> no, no. And looking at the drivers' championship, uh, Lando Norris is still out in front, but his lead is uh, is much smaller than expected. He only holds a fourteen point lead over Alexander Albon, and Sergio set a camera's third at forty points. That's not the championship I was looking at, looking at and heading into this season. Yeah, and if George Russell has had to dig himself out of a hole, he's twenty at twenty seven points, so he's twenty eight points back with the next round at uh, cue the Mercury Montserrat again, Barcelona. It's uh, in two <laughs> weeks time. Um, George Russell is sixth. Nick DeVries is fifth ahead of him. Artem Markalov is fourth. Um, but you have to wonder what could have been if not for the two DNFs that he suffered, all none of his doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. It, it's a bummer, but it's nice to see that we, we got to see Russell at, at, at his best, in, especially in the sprint race. That was a phenomenal drive from him on that one. Um, phew, gosh. Nice, like that, that London trio, or that, that British trio, is very exciting, as if you would never have guessed by watching Sky's coverage. Um, but um, yes. Like like Norris and Norris Russell and Aitken are as advertised, which is obviously pretty good. Should we? F- Alexander Albon better than advertised. Yes, Sergio Sete Camera likely better than advertised. Nick DeVries, well, if this McLaren young driver thing doesn't work out for him, he's still got a steady gig in LMP2. Not a bad place to be these days, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Works for works for Grand Prix winner Pastor Maldonado. 
just just a tad, just a tad. <laughs> um, should we get into Paris, fellas? Ooh. Mm, yes. Let's uh, let's board the plane, uh, and let's head on over to Paris. The Formula E season is slowly winding down. everybody make of the Paris E-Prix. I got to watch it in some regards. I, I'll be honest, I had it on at times I was severely checking out because it was, uh, well, compared to the usual fare that we get from Formula E, this one was, can't we just say it's more routine? Yeah, I think the, the track does not provide for great racing action. Like, it is... It is a postcard race, but I like to phrase it. Like, the pictures look fantastic, but the actual quality is not good. Uh, which is fair, which is kind of why they have it there. Like, there are much, much better locations across Paris that they could have, that they could host this race, but they specifically chose this because of where it's located. But what a view. Uh, yeah, but what a view. <laughs> If you had the ch- if you had the ch- if you had the choice of giving you know Paris quite well, where would you put it? Easy. There's just there's one place it has to be the the Bois de Boulogne. The 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 pretty much up until this point, up until Formula E came to Paris, that's where racing in the city in Paris happened. That's where the first motor race happened. That's where after the Second World War, the first race in Europe happened in Bois de Boulogne. Like. It would be the perfect location in terms of history, and also it's a park. It would be like it'd be like Albert Park. It would be like pretty much all the park circuits that you see in Formula One. It would it gives you that history standpoint while also providing you a great location for good racing. I would also be content if they just dropped it in the middle of the Opera Paris track from GT4. Sure, that works. <laughs> that, that works. That absolutely works. I'm here for that. <sighs> Think of all the passes into that fast left-hander on the back end of the circuit. Mm. Ooh, that could buddy. that could be fun. Um, oh, that's going to be extra spicy. Um, so John Eric Verne. John Eric Verne is very good this year. Yes, he is. Yeah. And John Eric Verne is from uh, the suburbs of Paris. He is indeed. He is a Parisian himself. <laughs> John Eric Verne um, took pole position in the Super Pole. Got a good start from the front row, and as chaos broke down behind him at the end of the race, John Eric Verne never put a foot wrong all race. This is its third win of the season, his third win in the last five races. Um, in fact, this season, he's never finished worse than fifth all year long. And of course, this is his first win at his home track in Paris, which has got to feel like extra, extra good for John Eric Verne. Oh, like... Even if you don't want to watch the race, you have to watch that podium. You have to watch that podium. Do, oh, was it was it any good? I'm not, not seeing it because channel was five spike cut it off on the TV broadcast. I've not seen this podium. <laughs> oh my god, that crowd was wild and the anthem, the anthem. <laughs> oh, King, your favorite, the French national anthem. <laughs> 
Oh, man. That, that is like, I've never heard an anthem sung that passionately since, like, Paris 98. Like, it's been a while. <laughs> That's all right. Break out the football references. It's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been that long. Jesus. 20 years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. God. That, that does sound pretty mental. Like, I, I didn't realize he was one of those guys that just properly belts out the national anthem. That's always... That's got, oh, no, no. It was the crowd. Oh, yeah? it was, the crowd were loving it. Nice. <laughs> very very cool indeed I mean it is starting to look like Vern's year isn't it yep because number yeah. one uh, he has what a 31 point lead and we only have four races to go it's looking good yeah it also helps that um, some of his uh, would be title challengers are literally starting to trip over other uh, other people mm. in the pursuit of a John Eric Byrne Cut to the final laps of the race, um, which King, as I understand it, was a bit of a uh, bit of a crazy time. Yeah, pretty much. Despite being process- like processional for most of the race distance, the closing laps, they real they smelt the blood in the water. They knew the points were on the line, and they decided, up. Oh, guess time to be Dan Ricardo today. Try to try to send it. Try to send it. Yeah, so for context, uh, Andre Lauder, sorry, three-time Le Mans winner and Japanese racing legend Andre Lauder, uh, looked like he was going to carry the second half of a Tachita 1-2 finish, but his energy had been depleting, and Lucas Degrassi and Sam Bird were gaining on him like crazy. And on the final lap, Andre just runs out of power right at the point where Sam Bird has no time to react, and crunch. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's it's a rough one. Like it was even funnier in TV because we we hadn't seen the incident first. Initially, you, you just see Bird roll past with free with, with like free wheels, and it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like three wheels, and then one is just like hunched up in the air. It's like, how did that get there? And then you find that what happened is like Lotter is just limping, and then. I thought uh, Robin Friends crabbing over the line to finish second at Putrajaya that one year was... Oh, Lord. (laughs) I do remember that as it goes. That was the thing. Um, God. Yeah, like, so clearly just Bird just had a miscommunication. Just probably just didn't realize Lotter was cruising because of his lack of of usable energy. But, um, God, awful, awful clattering. Lotter was just sloppy all day, really. I mean, that slowing down was bad enough. But when you throw in like the fact that you know he had a bit of a he had a bit of an argy-bargy with Lucas Degrassi in there as well, um, and there was a big dive bomb in the middle of that as well. Like there was a right-hander on that tracking that was just causing all those dive bomb problems. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, because it was effectively the only like the the only overtaking place on the track where you you know felt like you you had a chance to go for it. Yeah, like, Daniel Abb put it to good use, that's for sure. I mean... <laughs> oh, goodness, did he ever. Yeah, Dan... That man started 15th, and he came back to finish 7th. Ran as high as 5th at one point as well. He actually fell back a little bit towards the end. Um, Sebastian Buemi had repassed him towards the end of that race. But, um, yeah, Abt was picking people off for fun at that corner. Jesus. Um, incredible drive from him. Um... 
also we did, we talked about the thirty-one point lead um, that Vern's now got. One of his main contenders is, is our, our man driver for hire, Felix, and um, just a mediocre sort of day for Mahindra and Felix in general. Hey, hey Andre. Started eleventh, um, didn't really make up a whole lot of ground, and ended up finishing eighth. Um, this puts him further out of the championship reach, and now he's at a critical point at the championship. Uh, because Berlin is nets, this is a race that he is doing to sacrifice his other full-time gig and another championship that we'll talk about later. Uh, and this is really the last roll of the dice. Although, in fairness, uh, Felix has done well in Berlin before. Mm-hmm. I believe he won there in his rookie year. Yeah, and the reason why it's the last roll of the dice is if he can't close the gap to 75, he's mathematically eliminated. <sighs> that would be a problem. Um it was all starting so well we had the two wins in the first three races that easily could have been three um but it seems like the title challenge has just been slowly starting to unravel ever since it has yes i don't i don't know if it's just the fact that the mahindra is slowing down in terms of its development um or what i don't know i'm not a paddock outsider uh an insider like certain guests on our show so i i can only speculate uh, two retirements in the last four races, though, certainly does not help, including... A driver error. Um, yes. That, 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 didn't, that, that, that one he had in Rome was a bad one. Like, he was the only guy taking liberties of the curb there, and it, and it punished him um, badly. And that I think that might have been the, the, the real turning point for his season. He's, he's not like he, he did not look like he was anywhere near competitive at the front this weekend um, in, in Paris on, on that one. Um, like as, as mentioned, we just mentioned this was kind of tame for a Formula E race. Like we like Formula E races. Let's be honest, are a little bit more bonkers than this. We got a little bit of uh, of, a, of a roost towards the end, but uh, it never got to full brouhaha like we have in many of these Formula E rounds, um, unfortunately. But there was an interesting bit of news that uh, our lead man Alejandro Igag dropped taking about. Uh, a proposal about a new race format once we get to the Gen 2 cars next year. Or next season, I should say. Well, we're guaranteed to have a new format because there won't be any pit stops next year. Because, obviously, the batteries can last the entire race distance now. And Michelin feel that there shouldn't be... Like, Michelin feel that it's best for their brand if the tires can last the whole race. That they don't have tire changes. Indeed. So... Uh, for some reason, uh, Alejandro doesn't feel like it's best for business if they just have, you know, flag-to-flag racing. And mm, I, I disagree with them, but uh, it, it, it's not a good look when uh, you're, you're going out there. Like no no one asked this that no one asked him to say this. He wrote an he wrote a column for Autosport saying that the the new format is going to be a video game like format to appeal to a younger audience, uh, ideally around the age of ten. That's it's something yeah. we're looking at. It would be like Mario Brothers, and and you could tell that Alessandro Alejandro Gag is a casual gamer because he's probably thinking of Mario Kart, where they get the little star and go faster. Yeah, yeah. So the the idea is there would be like this. Uh, it wouldn't be a full Joker lap. It would be something like off the racing line, where if you go off the racing line, uh, 
once a race, uh, you can get this, you can get the, the extra power mode, because also rumored for next year, there'll no longer be fan boost next year either. Boo! Oh, goodness. Um, that had kind of jumped the shark after the uh, about the 9 millionth uh, Degrassi-apt Boemi. Probably for the best. Like, they got, they got to spend, like, I didn't realize, like, that half of, like, the app team's budget went in towards buying bots for social media votes. Clearly, money well spent. Um, but, yeah, the fan boost is gone. And we're basically getting Wipeout for Season 5. Yay! Yes! So, yeah, you you go offline and you get to unlock Qualifying Mode, which the the regular race mode next year is going to be 200 200 kilowatts, and then you go through, you you know, you go through this power-up area and you get 250 kilowatts. That's about 335 brake horsepower out of an internal combustion engine. That's pretty quick. That is pretty quick. They're like they've already had talk that Lucas is claiming this car could do over 180 miles an hour uh, at full chat, which compared to about the 140 they can do right now, that's pretty nuts for these for these electric cars. And mm, like, uh, I'd say on like a regular circuit, yeah, it could probably do 180 on a straight. But like, they there are very few places on the calendar where you'd have enough you'd have enough distance to get. Up to that. Indeed, yeah. So that's that's going to be a, a, a drawback, you know. But hey, they, they insist on the on the street circuit racing philosophy, as Lucas reminded us during Baku, um, with the peak that guy tweet of, "Oh look, I wonder if there should be a series that always races on street circuits." Oh wait, and I'm like, that guy, Lucas is such a that guy. It's not even funny anymore. <laughs> but hey, but hey, his car was blessed by the Pope. <laughs> They were all blessed by the Pope. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I have no issue with Formula E only racing at street circuits. I just wish they were better street circuits. Agreed. Well, most all street circuits and a uh, chopped up bit of the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez in Mexico City. Now, yeah, but pe- people like to ignore that. <laughs> people like to ignore that. What would you consider the airport? I mean, that's not really streets. Yeah, that's not really streets either. Yeah. Um, what would you consider um, this Brooklyn pl- uh, street circuit that we're uh, going that's to a parking lot. Down? That's a parking lot. <laughs> so that's not really street circuit. <laughs> yeah. King, King's argument is getting nitpicked to death here. <laughs> hey, I'm not the person who, say, who says they only race at street circuits. This, this is a good point. This is a good point. Shame on you, Lucas. Sometimes they race at... They race at parking lots. They race at airports. They place... They, they basically go at... Uh, Go to places you. Hmm. Hmm. What's a good analogy for this? I'm trying to think here. Um. Do you want to be out on? Do you want to be out on public roads or the airport or a parking lot at three in the morning? <laughs> if you wouldn't want to be there at three in the morning, Formula E will race there. So, is, is this the is this the Project Gotham racing of of of, of racing series? So, Oh no, no. that's not that fun. Sounds more. I'll say it sounds more like a dogging trip than a than a than playing PGR four. Jesus. Um, (laughs) Yo, yo. All I'm saying is replace the uh, super pole with a kudos run to determine pole position, and it's on. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it's Lucas on a bike. Look at him drift the tail. He's in the OP bike that has like the easy to drift rear end. He's so like Lucas wins every week. <laughs> uh, 
dear, oh dear. So hey, we we got Wipeout coming to Formula E in season five. That that sounds like a fun time. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, we get, we have a big maybe. Please be maybe. <laughs> um all signs point to me um dre is it too early to put a put a 50 on a fire winning the other uh, team's championship oh, i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. They've, they've still got to go to like three more bases for the rest of the season i think it could be a bit problematic to put them towards the end i would i would go with the safe money and, and go with aj AG systems on this one i hear they got a new upgrade coming <sighs> perfect perfect that's great um smart picking remember Please game responsibly. <laughs> Should we get into the news, fellas? Yes. Yes. IndyCar first up, um, in the middle of what we call rookie orientation season and refresher season for some of the returning runners, as well as um, orientation for all the newcomers to the uh, to the series this year. Um, all good news. Uh, every, everybody that was there today passed the rookie, orienta- uh, rookie orientation test. Um, um, that was Kyle Kaiser. Um Robert Wickens and who am I missing here, King? Help me out. Yes, Slice, Slice, of course. Don't worry, you, you don't worry. You weren't the first one to miss him, and dare I say, you won't be the hey. last. <laughs> well, um, there was also a scare that Pietro Fittipaldi was going to be replaced. As it turns out, he's just doing his rookie orientation test. Well, yeah, he's doing it. I think on the fifteenth, he said on Twitter earlier today. Um, um, as mentioned as well, free refresher runs as well. Jay Howard in driving in Hinchcliffe's car. Um, he's he's passed his refresher program, as has some woman called Danica. Apparently, she's she's back. Um, apparently, it's a big deal. Danica back, baby. <laughs> and most importantly, the number thirteen is back. You know, in honor of Ernesto Viso. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and the GoDaddy is back, which is kind of nice. You know, are you fans of fluorescent green? <laughs> the flash it's... bulbs were popping as as four hundred thousand spectators. It was a close track day <laughs> gathered at the brickyard, and seventy billion people tuned in. Yeah, the peak viewership was about four K um, to watch Danica Patrick's first laps in a modern IndyCar in seven years actually doing a respectable job topping out at an average of 218 miles per hour in her best lap no dramas there no dramas everybody passed their rookie and refresher test indeed yeah the, the, this may is looking more electable than Teresa right now hey, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's that's second oh, pretty oh king uh, it's it's on oh the king oh that's 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 right in the lung oh god what are you doing, King? Yeah, King in the sin bin, like immediately, please. Oh, oh, oh! I was safe for like the last episode. I almost got through this episode. Damn! You had to go there, didn't you? Like you mentioned, like listen, you mentioned <laughs> Theresa May to me. You're automatically in the sin bin. Like there's, like there's, there's no ifs or buts about this. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Like King, King, I'm disappointed in you. I expected better. <laughs> But there was one intriguing test that we also saw yesterday in recording this on, on, on May 1st. Um, yesterday, Joseph Dugan and the windscreen is back. Uh, we saw it a little bit earlier on in the year with Scott Dixon testing this out. Dixon was very positive in uh, his, his thoughts on the aero screen, testing it out in Phoenix on the short ovals. Has there been any comment on Joseph about what he thought of the... Uh, 
on what he thought of the arrow screen since he tested it out yesterday. From from the quote from the official IndyCar website, Joseph said it was fascinating. It was totally different for an open-wheel car. You're not used to having a windscreen that big in front of you, but it was interesting to try it out. The most interesting to me was the visor changes on the helmet. Going from a fully smoked visor to a clearest visor was better. It helped with the visibility and the clarity. There's small improvements to be made, especially with the clarity with the visors and the perception to see Pruitt. It was easy to make it work. I didn't have many major issues with it, but I think IndyCar did a nice job. Well... Another positive test with positive feedback for the IndyCar windscreen. Sounds good from where I'm sitting. Look, look pretty good out there too, to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah, Ooh. yeah, and also looking good out there. Elio Castroneves and that Penzo. Who I may remind you, still has <laughs> magnificent hair. Magnificent hair. Oh, but probably the quote of the quote of May so far is him pretty much setting out his plans for the month with his hopes of winning the 500 to convince Roger to hire him back full time. <laughs> oh my god. He never got fired to begin with. Oh my god. I mean, granted, he's in a different series, but he's still part of the Penske family and but, still a regular member of the I, Penske I find, I, I find... Yeah, but he wants to be an IndyCar I, I find time. it amazing, King. This is a guy that's won three Indy 500s, but he's so desperate to win the fourth. Not so much to become in that history-making club of four winners, but just to get back in the series full-time. In a series he's <laughs> never won. Like... God bless you, Helio. He's such a nice yeah. man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, no, I want that IndyCar title. I want to race full-time. What a boy. Um, <laughs> I love Helio. Speaking of goings-on and the uh, of shenanigans at Penske, um, the uh, the autograph challenge between Simon Pagenaud oh and Joseph God. Newgarden has really ramped up to new heights. Um, Joseph found a, uh, found a street named after Simon uh, Pagenaud, um, so Joseph did what Joseph does, and he signed the Simon Paginot Street, um, signed with, uh, with his own signature. Not to be outdone, Simon Paginot went to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, got some heavy machinery out and some harnesses, and proceeded to paint his own signature on the, uh, the banner that sits outside the speedway, this giant banner with Joseph Newgarden's <laughs> face, this challenge has been nothing short of hilarious. It has been unbelievable. Like, like I thought Joseph going back in time and signing the underbelly of Pagano's car was absolutely genius. I thought, that's not getting topped. And now this. Like, where do you go from here, people? Like, I, I don't know how you top Pagano sign, like, signing New Garden's face outside the stadium. Like... Nah, we're, we're not being this. We're, we 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 already signed his yep. mom. Like this is no. Like, <laughs> the only thing they've yet to do is do a uh, to sign something at going at full race speed. Like they just <laughs> going race side by side. Oh, and Joseph's just like, hold on a second. Let me unstrap myself here real quick. Drive with the thing. <laughs> drive myself. Drive steer this with my feet and. Put it right over on the fuel tank. There we go. I I, I have an idea. If Pagano or Newgarden wins to sign the yard of bricks. Oh, oh that would just be perfect. A little bit sacrilege, but you know, that's Yeah, that's I, yeah I, I don't want to be pushing boundaries it. here, but like Joseph uh, Ooh. Norman. Oh sign the dog. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Joseph's got a cat that he has too. Two two twenty nine every day. If 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 Joseph signed the dog, I swear to God, if we sign Norman, that would actually. Let their pets have like a paw print challenge. <laughs> paw print challenge. Honestly, like if 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 Norman gets signed by New Garden, like that that would be like the equivalent of a dick punch. Like he's got to do it. Now. <laughs> he has to do it. Like it it would be hilarious. Like like this has to be done. I'm here for all of this. Um, <laughs> shall we talk a little bit about our, our old friend of the show in Super GT, Jensen Button? Yeah, what is yes. what is JB doing? Um, well, he's doing the 24 Hours of Mod with SMP Racing. He's driving with noted cool guy, uh, Mikhail Lotion, and noted F1 podium finisher, Vitaly Petrov. Um, in one of S&P Racing's BR1 engineering uh, LMP1 hy- non-hybrids. Um, Team his Russia. season will not start. Yeah. Team Russia. Because they're on such great terms at the moment. <laughs> and instantly... Oh. <laughs> they're really on such great terms. It's fine. All this to tell you that we're going to have a Fernando Alonso v. Jensen Button showdown at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and Jensen Button's doing the rest of the super season after after uh, Lamar wraps, that is lit. That is pretty pretty awesome. That's another big name in a LMP1 class. Which, by the way, uh, six hours of spas this weekend. Fernando Alonso is going to drive ten races in a span of eleven weeks. He is going to be a very tired man. Well, he does drive for McLaren after all. <laughs> And now he gets to pin his hopes on another Japanese manufacturer with a straight with a recent streak of heartbreaking mechanical retirements, including ones just before the checkered flag. Also, he drives for Toyota. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, like man, what what what's worse, peeing in a dude's seat or taking his Le Mans win? Yes. Um, uh. <laughs> Um, so, expectations, thoughts, feelings about the six hours of Spa Franker shop, uh, to, uh, the WC's alleged make Toyota win button. How big is it? Is it comically oversized? Or is it non-existent? I would say with? it's like the easy button you get at Staples. It's big enough to just be obnoxious, but it's not too big where you can't put it in a pencil case. No, no, I, I think it's that big, but it's also has a glass cover. Oh, like deal or no deal with Harry Mendel. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little lost lid on there, so he can't be pressed by accident. I see. Gotcha. That, that could be that could be quite obnoxious. Um. <laughs> I think Toyota will win this one. Bold. Because, <laughs> you know, they have the advantage of being the only factory team in a group of non-hybrids. Um, I don't think they'll finish one two. I think. Um, Especially Rebellion Racing and yeah, uh, Rebellion CFC TRSM Racing. Let's just agree to call them Manor. They've got two very good cars of their own, um, and also SMP Racing have a pretty capable driver lineup. I mean, goodness, you got a lotion, you got Stefan Sarazan, you got a mm. couple of young kids and Igor Rujev and Mateo Zazakian. Look at the oh my goodness, Rebellion, and we haven't even talked about Rebellion lineup. They got Neil Yanni, Andre Lauder, Bruno Senna, Matthias Besh, Thomas Laurent, and Gustavo Menezes, my dude. 
Yes. Bring, bring us your tired, unemployed masses. Yes. Anders got Oliver, Roland, Alex Brundle, and Oliver Turvey in a car. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 looking it's looking sweet. It and if sweet. that's not your thing, hey, there's still three other classes that you can uh, keep track of, like LMP2, which is looking pretty good. We got actually got healthy um, competition and diversity of chassis makers, and of course, the GT classes are always a good time. And Tony Kanan is there. Yes, Tony Kanan is going to the six hours of spa. Yay. So to our Formula E fan favorites, Sam Bird, Tom Flumquist, Antonio Felix DaCosta. Got it. Alex Lynn is going to be there mm. in the new Aston Martin Vantage. May or may not include screaming. <laughs> sim racing superstar Nikki Tim is there. Mm. Not so much other sim racing superstar Fernando Rees because he got cut from his ride just before the start of the season. Rip. Oh, I was expecting you to say sim racing superstar Scott Speed, but R.I.P. Scott. R.I.P. Yeah, Scott. Uh, uh, and R.I.P. Global Rally Cross. <laughs> also amazing. That's been done. Uh, also amazingly, not really pouring one out for Fernando Rees and his um, women shaming antics on Instagram. I haven't forgotten that shit. <laughs> bastard um but um yeah it is it's stacked top to bottom like there's bound to be names you'll recognize up and down the grid and that should make it a fun time i may even watch for a couple of hours like i think it's my yearly Whoa, couple hours wow <laughs> for like for me that's like really bold it's like 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 i'm not one of those guys that pretends to like endurance racing but the cars have always been really cool to me so i'll watch for a couple of hours <laughs> yay that's perfectly fine you can watch for a couple of hours too in the united states on uh the world uh oh hang on uh oh, the motor trend app is that even real i guess it's real is that a thing what is this yeah um the wc has a live streaming um function that traditionally has never worked um so now it is being moved to another streaming site um that does not work because the wc apps streaming services have been geo-blocked in the u.s and canada because wc's got a new television deal with the channel that is soon to become the motor trend network part of the discovery family of networks of course of course yay yeah what like i'm trying to find out what other series motor trend under demand even has it's a uh, it's a growing portfolio. A growing portfolio. Okay, let's see. Wow, yeah, they have Blanc Pond. If you live in the if in the U.S., that's the only place where you can watch that. That's all right. Uh, uh, also, the FIA World Rallycross Championship, the British Rallycross Championship, that's not the bad. British Rally Championship, Dakar. Oh my god. They have everything. Yeah, they basically have everything that's not on TV here. Hmm. Useful. Yeah, they have. Oh, that's why I can't watch BDRC Formula 3. Okay. Thanks, Motor Trend. Have you got to pay for that in the States? Yeah, it's not free. Yeah. Yeah. It's a subscription, much like Motor Trend Magazine. How much is it? Uh, so Ooh, quick check it is okay free for 14 days give me a price don't tell me it's free for 14 days i just want a price uh five bucks a month oh that's not too bad yeah that's like 60 bucks a year if you just break it down that way and that's uh 
I'll, I'll probably spend that in two weeks in uh, other unimportant bullshit. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that's doable. It's cheaper than Netflix. <laughs> yeah, and they also have, like, a bunch of, like, non-motorsports-related programming, so it kind of makes it worth it, but... Mm. So, King, are you sitting down for some, for some British rally? Ch- <laughs> no. Yeah. You've heard of motor. You've heard of Netflix and chill. Now get ready for motor trend on demand and putt in hand. <laughs> You're welcome, Motor Trend Magazine. You can use this tagline for the for the low low cost of thirty thousand dollars, directly deposited <laughs> into my PayPal account or our Patreon page. Yes. Yeah. Just give us just give us three thousand dollars a month for the rest of your life, or as long as Motor Trend like on demand exists sweet so speaking of tv networks picking up stuff like yes there was a big big hole in nbc's heart a big formula one sized hole and now it's been filled because ems is coming to nbc they've got all the major american racing championships now they got a full season of indycar starting next year they've got a half season of nascar and now they have imsa all the IMSA championships starting net season as well. And that's, that's that's pretty big. That's just taking into account their like big series. They also have, you know, AMA Motocross. They have mm. um and that's pretty much it. Yeah, they they also <laughs> the, they, they also have the rights to Indy Lights, but yeah. Yeah. All free of their cars. Um <laughs> Oh my god, right. <laughs> it <hurts>. <laughs> <laughs> But not technically inaccurate. Um, but cool, Imps is going to be on more TV. It's like I love that. Like friends of the show, people like Luke Smith was coming out with, with quotes like, "Yeah, look, NBC's got everything except for one other thing that they lost recently." Him and Tony DeZino. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The dream team is eternal. Um, Imps is going back to Mid Ohio this weekend. It's the first time they've done that for a while. Um, it's going to be a fun time. Elio's gonna be there. Hey. He still has magnificent hair. He does. I'm fully expecting a Cadillac window. Yeah. Although it is much closer than it has than it was this time last year. That That's good, saying. right? Yes. Ultimism. Do you, do you know one series that will be broadcasted live every round on the NBC Sports Network this year? The Red Bull Global Rallycross Championship. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now broadcast via by a puppet show. <laughs> puppet show. Now broadcast via iRacing simulation. <laughs> oh my god! Looks like Scott Speed's retaining the championship this year, guys. Oh no! And, and Speed has plowed right into the side of Jimmy Broadbent. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jimmer. <laughs> Please, no, Punzerino, Jimma. <laughs> oh my God, I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching Jimmy's uh, Isle of Man TT laps. That has to be like the Dark Souls of bike games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have... I hate to use that analogy. Sin bin, you know, sin true. bin, immediately. You we know not... it's true, Dre. You know it's true. Listen, listen, listen. We do not compare anything to Dark Souls, okay? That's the laziest games journalism guide in the book, okay? We are not tolerating this. We're a professional podcast of professionals. We're not taking Dark Souls comparisons. You can't... Look, I'm just here to defend ethics and motorcycle road racing, okay? And you use the Isle of Man TT to back up your point, yeah? 
Sinbin. Uh, Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm just That's saying. That's fine. I'm just, if, gonna, if we, I'm just gonna break out this belt saw here to cut my way out. If we ever hit $150 a month on Patreon, it is all three of us playing Isle of Man TT, no assists. I'm not sure the world is ready to see that, King. Yep. All yours if, you, if we hit 150 a month on Patreon. Well, there, there, there's there's a deal, listeners. To go. <laughs> Throw us your money. Um, can we talk about the fact that uh, Martin Truex Jr.'s team busted out a uh, busted out a fucking power saw? Out of <laughs> Please explain, because it's in capital letters and in the set list, and I'm not entirely sure why. <laughs> um, so Martin Truex Jr.'s car uh, got some damage on it. Um, so as a uh, as it was described in one headline, uh, they broke out a tool of mass destruction, a concrete saw. Oh. Uh, after Martin Truex Jr. got swept up in a multi-car wreck. Um, the Furniture Row racing crew um, picked up the, uh, the 78 car on the jack, placed a board underneath it, um, then took the uh, the concrete saw right to the uh, the panel that was uh, blocking the, uh, that was, uh, the damage panel. Yikes! A concrete, like a, 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 a chainsaw for concrete. Yes, yeah, something that's designed to cut straight through stone. That sounds ridiculous. They did this to get a stuck pan- body panel out. Usually, sometimes you just kind of tug on it a little bit. Maybe you take a hammer to it. No. Now we got a clock. Now we got a clock. Now we don't got time for this. No, like, like, listen. There's, there's, there's levels to this. Like, there's levels from like RJ just described. It's like you go from a tug to a power saw designed to cut through stone. Like, 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 surely there's a bit. Surely there's levels to this. Like, uh, am I I going crazy? (laughs) Like, am I listening to this right? Um, Jesus Christ! You're saying that because NASCAR made it into a GIF. <laughs> Bring me the GIF. Uh, I'm, re- I'm watching this now. Oh, it- oh dear God! Like, is Jeremy Clarkson operating that? <laughs> that seems. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of Matt LeBlanc with the power washer. Oh God, yeah, God from that re- the rebooted series that we don't talk about anymore. Um. <laughs> Oh dear, that is a uh, that, that, that 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 is an image. Um, yeah, lads, we can't tug it anymore. Get the power saw out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what was like was this what they had in mind when when they came up with the six minute time limit? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make the sport nice and safe by having them break out one man power saws in the middle of the paddock. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> Next thing you know, Tony Stewart's lost a leg. It's it's uh it's not. Pretty. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, listening to Jeff Gordon and Daryl Waltrip and Mike Joy just be like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of things DW hasn't seen before. That's true. Oh dear, oh dear. Like, I can't believe we just spent nearly four minutes on this podcast talking about the fact that NASCAR has chainsaws now. I'd love this show. <laughs> yeah. And also Joey Logano won the race. Oh, him. Lol. Oh, that, that guy from the Pensy Games. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
the guy who did an exceptional job in the NASCAR drivers only broadcast the day before, which I thought was very entertaining. And I'm thinking like, um, you know how college football during the playoffs has the coaches room uh, and NASCAR now has the drivers only broadcast where they do like an Xfinity series race. I've got to thinking like, why don't we just get a panel full of Formula One commentators to call a Formula Two race sometime? Oh my God, that would be glorious. That would be hilarious. Yo, Matt Verstappen's yeah. just like I don't know any of these things. I never raced here. <laughs> no, I need I need Leclerc and Grosjean right now. Look, it's me, Romain Grosjean, and here's my son Charles. Um, Audrey, <laughs> 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 um, tell us a little bit about Super GT before we get out of here. Yes, um, the Autoback Super GT Series races this Friday morning or Thursday night, depending on where you're sitting. It's the Fuji 500 kilometers. Um, it is 110 laps. It is a big race on a holiday week in, in Japan known as Golden Week. Um, the Golden Week race at Fuji is always the most attended event of the calendar. Um, and with Jensen Button now in the picture and coming off of his first podium finish of racing in nearly five years, they may break a hundred thousand for weekend attendance. Wow. And that's a lot. Yeah, they drew like ninety thousand last year. This is like a perennial biggest drawing event, even bigger than the Suzuka one thousand. Uh things to watch for this race, GT five hundred, so so very close. Let's Honda and Nissan all seem to be on even footing in GT three hundred. This is very much a power track, so a lot of the GT three cars that you're used to seeing everywhere else in the world, they're going to step to the forefront. But the teams that don't have as much power, but a lot more aero, they're going to also be try to be clever and use a strategy to win this. We've also got some new faces um, making their series returns or series debut. Obviously, Kamui Kobayashi and Kazuki Nakajima won't be there because they're at Spa. Uh, so James Rossiter and young Shosu Boy, who has been on fire in Formula mm. 3, uh, is going to be... Um, making their series uh their gt500 debuts um team to watch out for is the number 38 zent lets his team serum car of yuji tachikawa and hiroki ishiura tachikawa's won at uji at fuji eight times in his career ishiura's won this race three times to account for the majority split of his five career gt500 wins oh by the way a win at fuji also propelled ishiura to his second super formula title in the last three years safe to say this team is quite good at fuji speedway a track which is owned by toyota so let's just surrender big big expectations to win this race like i said it is it is uh friday morning uh for most of us in the u.s and uk um it's going to be a midweek race and i think you'll definitely enjoy it uh, so tune in to that on Nismo TV, uh, chat to send highlights on Jensen Button's channel. And of course, um, in a shameless plug, definitely check out Daily Sports Car for your pre and post race coverage of the Apparently event. some guy writes for them. Um, yes. Um, also keep your eye out on a special feature on the 1998 Fuji disaster that happened 20 years ago. And the story of how Tetsuya Ota survived one of the most horrific crashes of recent memory and how his fellow competitor shinichi imaji uh basically ran in and saved his life jesus this is new to me i need to learn <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to that will be up that will be up by the time you listen to this episode awesome awesome can't wait to see that um guys should we get out of dodge 
Yes, I'm tired. Yeah, me too. Um, let's let, let's wrap this shit up. Faces, you can find us one more time. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Check out the Dre briefs. They're, they're good, they're wholesome, and they have my voice in them in even more clarity now. <laughs> If that alone is not worth watching, I don't know what is. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Twitter um, at Motorsport underscore 101. At Harrison 101 HD. At Ryan Eric King. At RJ O'Connell. And don't forget to back us on Patreon if you really like us. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Don't forget to check out Bike Live as well later this week. We're still not sure what we're going to do because none of the big free are racing this weekend. We'll figure something out later. Uh, <laughs> hopefully by the time this goes up, We'd have gotten that sorted out by then. Just, just a force. Um, that's that's about do it for us on this episode. Um, thanks very much for listening if you haven't already. And yeah, that'll do it. So for me, Andre Harrison, from Ryan King, and from RJ O'Connell, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. You are the world champion! Seriously though, you go straight from tug to power saw? (laughs) Tug to power saw.